We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. There's things that people do that they don't know they're doing that are impactful to us. And I think I have a sign in my garage that I had made just because of my baseball coach, and it says, always expect a bad throw. And you can look at that in a negative way, but I remember when he was coaching me, and he would always tell me when I'm playing first base, always expect a bad throw, because you're still gonna catch the good one, but then you're ready for the bad one. And as I've gotten older, that's kind of become a mantra for me in terms of you know, being prepared for things that are gonna come at you in your job or whatever is just expect bad things so you're prepared for them, and you know, the good stuff will happen anyway. Hello everyone, welcome to the conversation. I'm excited to have this conversation because this has been a, a concept that's been really near and dear to me for a lot of my life. And I thought, what better person to bring in but a Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> so I got this whole fancy thing written up about you, Eric. So I'm with Eric Denning today. Eric is the coach over 20 years now at Mount Vernon yep. High School. 26. 26 years. Yep. How many games have you won? I don't know, somewhere between 350 and 400. Yeah, so a lot of games. He's won a lot of games. and uh, Eric's a good friend of mine, and I've had a chance to just hear and also observe him about not only his success on the field or on the court, but also what he has meant to so many of these kids' lives as he's coached them. So, Eric, just tell us a little more about you. Well, so I'm kind of transitioning right now. I've... Um, I, I grew up in Mount Vernon. I went to Huron for two years. Had a great experience coaching some middle school kids there. Um, really got into the coaching when I was in college. Getting into coaching and teaching was almost accidental for me. You know, I didn't have parents pushing me to do that. Um, and I, I wanted to get into education and people told me, well, you should start coaching because it'll make you more hireable. And, and I got into it, started coaching Little League Baseball in the summertime, and I guess the rest is kind of history. I just, just loved it, and uh, it's kind of something that, you know, is just keeps me, keeps me alive, I guess. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I got some questions here for you. With your extensive coaching background, just share a story that highlights a specific instance where a coach had a profound impact on your own life. Well, three people really, really come to my mind when, when you ask that question. One is, is my biggest mentor um, growing up was, was a guy named Tom Young, and he was my, he was my basketball coach when I was a freshman, um, a coach in junior high. When I went back to Mount Vernon, he was actually my boss. He was our athletic director, and uh, he was just an, always a positive guy, fun to be around, just kind of shaped me. I mean, he, he's the type of guy you're like, I want to be like that guy. And then another guy that, that I think about is, is my baseball coach growing up, and a, a guy named Dwayne Maldi, and, and he's 80 years old now or a little over, but uh, he was always just a calming presence in my life. And uh, he just, he was always there. You know, he would take time off out of the farm and come in, he was a busy guy, and he would always just come in and coach us. And, and uh, still to this day, you know, he calls me the day or a couple days before my season starts and wishes me good luck. and. And uh, the third, third thing I think about that was impactful for me is kind of a weird story because my high school basketball coach after Tom Young was a guy by the name of Bernard Strouth. And he was a really good guy and treated us really well. And he had some controversy in terms of small town stuff. I mean, people wanted him fired. And, and uh, so he was going through the school board, you know, the getting up in front of public meetings and things like that. And it was 
thinking about it now, it had to be a really trying time in his life for $600 or whatever a basketball coach got paid at that time. But <laughs> all three of these guys, the thing that resonates with me is they always put kids first. And you know, like Bernard, even when he was going through that situation, we never saw it in practice. You know, he, he, he kept, he rose above it. And, and you know, I think that's the same with Dwayne and, and Mr. Young too, you know, just they always put kids first no matter what. And that's something that, that I try to do. And, and honestly, I think, that, I think that kids understand that I'm gonna do that. You know, and I think that's been a, a large part of, of the culture we have in, in our athletic department too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing. And here's what I hear there. Now tell me if I, if I get this right. So the first guy brought lots of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. He was contagious. Yep. He was probably somebody you wanted to follow. Yep. The other guy was a calming in your life. Sure. Which good leaders bring that. Mm-hmm. Don't put us on edge. Yep. Inspire us, motivate us, like calm us. And then the last guy always put the kids first. Yep. Always knew the why behind the what. Yep. And was showed good leadership there. So the great three attributes. Yeah. And I, I also really believe in, I think a lot of times, and this is in education as a whole, but it's also true in coaching, like there's things that people do that they don't know they're doing that are impactful to us. And I think I have a sign in my garage that I had made just because of my baseball coach, and it says, always expect a bad throw. And you can look at that in a negative way, but I remember when he was coaching me, and he would always tell me when I'm playing first base, always expect a bad throw, because you're still gonna catch the good one, but then you're ready for the bad one. And as I've gotten older, that's kind of become a mantra for me in terms of you know, being prepared for things that are gonna come at you in your job or whatever is just expect bad things so you're prepared for them and you know, the good stuff will happen anyway. What a, what a great line. Yeah, simple. I mean, <laughs> this, brilliance always is in brevity, yep. right? Yep. So always expect a bad throw is a great thing for life. Yeah. We're getting a curveball. Yep, exactly. Are you, are you ready for the curveball <laughs> yep, or not, yep, right? Yep, exactly. So, okay, so the next question I have, in your opinion, the key qualities that make a coach effective and influence them. Now, we've already stated some of those, mm-hmm. but think about some of your coaches. Think about you as a coach. What are some key things that make them impactful? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is is human, being a human, you know, humanistic qualities. I think, you know, Kids recognize coaches that are trying to climb their own ladder. I think they recognize realness. And I, I think for me, I think just being real to kids and, and trying to get them to know them at their level has been really important. And that's, that's why kind of one of the reasons I've stayed in a small school. I like the fact that I know these kids, I know their family, I know their situation. I like to think that after, over time I get to know how to motivate them because every kid is different. You know, there's some kids who are passionate about it and they if you tell them to run through a wall they'll ask you if they did it hard enough you know and there's other kids that they have a a short fuse so to speak in terms of they're going to shut down if you push them too hard so i think one of the biggest things in coaching is is getting to know the kids and and you know letting i always say try to i try to i don't model this all the time but praise in public and criticize in private i think you know um, as a coach i think you have to show that you can bite but i don't think you have to live there and, and I think the, the biggest thing that I think good coaches do is they have the ability to build people up, and I think as leaders in general, but they also have the ability to break them down when they need to. And break them down, build them up. You know, I, I don't know how many times in the course of my career where 
we've had an intense practice and you know you're trying to get the most out of a kid and you're trying to push them and and it doesn't go well and they have a bad practice and they're upset after practice and I think that's the time where the humanistic side comes in where you you go to them after practice leave a note in their locker whatever hey you're just trying to make you better you know understand what we're what we're after here love you you know doing those things I think that's how you ultimately really build somebody so a few things that you said there is First off, coaching is much more than just X and O's. Mm -hmm. I just heard a lot of human behavior. Yep. Being able to observe how you deal with Eric or how you deal with Nathan is going to be different based upon that kid's circumstances. Sure. Which those qualities stick with you for life. Sure. You know, and I, I think that's a that's a, such a big part of of any type of leadership is is getting to know the kid and and getting to know the human and recognizing when they need a kick in the pants and recognizing when they need a pat in the back mm -hmm. you know and that's that's i think what ultimately determines how successful you're going to be you know i'm not a i'm not your typical basketball coach probably because i'm not i love the x's and o's part of it and i love the practices and all that stuff but i'm not a basketball junkie i don't watch the nba i don't watch a lot of college basketball i like the part i like about coaching is i like the relationships i get to build with the kids and i like trying to motivate them to be the best that they can be and that's those are the things that that i'm passionate about and i mean i think i could do the same if i was coaching football or coaching baseball or, or whatever you know that's that's the part of coaching that that is essential to me yeah so i think that what i love there and i think that as i look back at my own life and you and I were talking about this before we came on the, in the studio here today. Some of the best principles that I've ever received is from my coaches. Mm -hmm. And I don't think coaches get enough credit. Yeah. You think of some people that I know, I mean, they, they will relate back to their, their high school coach, their middle school coach, their college coach. Some of those very principles they learn playing that sport are life lessons. Sure. And that's one thing I agree with you 100%. You know, I, I believe in the ripple effect. I mean, I think that, you know, it's like throwing a, throwing a rock into calm water, you know, that, that that branches out. And when I when I think about the people over the course of my life and the coaches that I've had and the teachers that I've had, you know, it's been a, it's been a small thing here and there that, you know, why do I remember something 45 years later? Mm -hmm. Why do I remember a, a 30 second interaction that I had with somebody 45 years later because it was impactful to me and you know sometimes people are doing those things and they don't they don't realize they're doing them but they're powerful and I think that's why you know just trying to be a good human and and being there for people and and trying to analyze when they when they need that pat in the back is important as well so really what you're fell in love with is not the sport it isn't no that's the deliverable if you yeah. will but what you fell in love with is the kids right and that motivates you to keep doing it yep. every single day yep and, and that's why like I mean obviously the ultimate goal in coaching high school is to win state championships and and I don't know if I'll ever get there um, I haven't yet <laughs> but I've, I've had so many great experiences and I've got to I've got to build so many great relationships with with kids and and uh, that that's been the the best thing for me about my job that's I mean I'm extremely blessed like I I have I have great kids that have gone through my program a lot of times in spite of me <laughs> you know good relationships with them and i can i can go about anywhere and, and find someone to have a you know a cup of coffee with or whatever and it's it's just a re very rewarding experience think about one of the games 
that sticks out in your memory that you've coached. What was special about that game? Well, that's hard for me because I always expect to win and I can't. The losing is what sticks with me. Like when I, I have games that I mean, I, I'll take to my grave. But I've had, I've also, I mean, I, sh I don't want to sound negative because I've had, I've had, I've been blessed, like I said, with some really great kids and some great teams. And we've just had some, we've just had some great experiences with, you know, I love being the underdog, you know, and, and we are generally the underdog. We're one of the smallest enrollment schools in class A and we've, we've actually done very well. But I mean, to me, it's really fun to just get a, a bunch of kids that are dogs, you know, they're, they're just, maybe they're not that talented and they're not gifted athletically, but they just love to get after it. And I mean, I have a lot of wins that come to mind when you say that. It's always special to me when you just feel like you're getting the most out of your kids and they just get in, you know, the zone, so to speak. I think that's awesome. Since you brought up the things that the, the losses what stick with you, why is that? Scared of failure uh -huh. or just the failure that just drives you to get better. Mm -hmm. Why is that those, the first thing that you said when I asked you a question, you went to that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, and, and I've thought about that. Like, I don't know the answer to that. You know, I've, I've thought about why is, why is winning an expectation and losing is a pain? You know, I mean, and I, I try to, I try not to judge how my team plays by the scoreboard because I, I, and I've shared this with a lot of people, but I read, an, I read an article one time about coaching and it talked about, imagine you're ahead by one point and a t the other team shoots a shot at the buzzer and the ball's in the air and time stops. So you don't know whether that ball's going in or out, but your environment in the locker room after that, is that different based on that last half second of action? Do you base what happened in 31 minutes and 59 seconds of effort and intensity and energy on what happens on something that maybe you really don't have much control over. Mm. And that kind of changed my approach as a coach. I mean, some small little article like that, because I got to thinking about that, like really, you know, we do that. We base everything on whether or not that shot, if, we, if that shot goes in and we lose, we're gonna be in the locker room and I'm gonna be ripping them apart about we should have done this, we should have done this, we should have done this. If it goes in, I'm gonna go in there and think everything's great. You know, but in reality, that's probably not what we should be doing. We should be looking at, okay, we put ourselves in a situation to win. We did this well. We didn't do this well. I, I've tried to analyze the win-loss thing in, in many different ways, and I really don't have an answer for it. Well, I think that's just a great life lesson there. As a coach, as I, th I believe we all need coaches, and we all are coaches. Mm -hmm. But what a great life lesson there that do we give our best? Yeah. And never count your loss, count your lessons. Right. There's still positives in everything. So the old cliche, fail forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. So let me, let me ask you this question. Teamwork and leadership often go hand in hand with coaching. So how do you foster a sense of teamwork and encourage leadership skills amongst your athletes? Well, I, I kind of, I have some different beliefs about leadership especially in terms of, of sport than, than what a lot of people do. I've never chosen captains. I think those leadership positions evolve. I think people lead in different ways. I don't try to make a kid who's a quiet leader be a vocal leader or, or vice versa. You know, there's, there's all kinds of different leadership styles that are successful. And, and I've had kids go through my program that are phenomenal leaders that don't say anything. They just do it. And I've had kids through my program that are phenomenal leaders because they hold each other accountable. But I, to me, I think there's two things that require, that is required of a great leader. 
And those are you have to work harder than everybody else and you have to be completely unselfish. And I think if you do those two things, it doesn't matter what you say, people are gonna follow you. Brilliant. I agree, those are great. So many individuals credit their coaches with not only helping them improve in their respective sports, but also in their life skills beyond playing the field. How do you approach mentoring your athletes beyond the technical aspects of their sport? And, and just, I mean, if you've got a story or two, I'm thinking 26 years of coaching, how many lives you have impacted and had a chance to touch. And if I look at every one of those individuals and then their circle of influence, that goes back to the ripple effect you were talking about. So talk about that for a moment. That's humbling to think about. I mean, it really is for me because I, I almost feel like I've been affected by the kids that I've coached as much as they've been affected by me. I mean, I, I, have, some, I have some kids that I've coached who I look at as mentors to me. I mean, I, I have relationships with them. Something's going on, I might reach out and ask them for advice. Those types of, those types of things are, are really important to me. As far as, you know, like specific stories and leadership, one thing that I would say about myself is I'm much more reactive than I have proactive in terms of mentoring kids. You know, I wear a lot of hats in our district. I'm our high school principal, I'm our superintendent, I'm our athletic director, I'm our basketball coach. So mentoring to me is, is largely reactive of what's going on with a kid in his, in his life. I'll, I'll share one story and, and I'll tell you, I don't think I could get away with this today because of the way the world has changed, but I had this second year I coached, I had a kid in our district and, and by our policy manual, he was eligible to play basketball. But teachers were telling me is, is he's being a puke in the classroom, he's disrespectful, he doesn't do his homework, he's scraping by and he should be getting straight A's. So I had a conversation with him and uh, he agreed to do better and a couple weeks later he wasn't doing better, so I kicked him off the team. I credit his parents because at the time they could have come at me and he would have been back on the team immediately because I really didn't have any recourse for doing it. Other than that, he wasn't the vision of what I, as a young coach, I wanted in my program. And, and so I kind of drew a line in the sand with the kid and, and uh, understanding that it could go two ways. But that was back in a time where there wasn't a lot of summer activity, so I didn't really see the kids much during the summer. But anyway, he comes back to school the next year and he's, he's jacked. He's lost 30 pounds. He's been in the weight room he's and he was a he was a phenomenal basketball player he was a really one of the best shooters I've ever had to this day but anyway he he turned his life around he he got A's after that he he went on he's a very successful adult now he's a guy when I get an email from him my face lights up you know his grandma called me you know later on and said you know you changed my my kid's life and and like I said I don't know if that happened because of me or in spite of me but that's a success story that I have that turned out very well. I also understand it could have, I mean, he could have said, you know what, this is unfair and went down a worse path, but it worked out in this case. And you know, it's, he's a kid that I'm, I'm extremely proud of now, so. And there's a lot of lessons in that story. You know, it reminds me of, we have three options, teach, tolerate, or terminate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in the terminate, allows somebody to self-reflect. And in this kid's case, came back stronger and better. Mm -hmm. If you would have tolerated the behavior, where would he be today? Right. But with that takes a risk. Yep, absolutely. You gotta take a risk in the relationship, you gotta take a risk in making a decision, which is another key element to great leaders and great coaches, mm -hmm. which go hand in hand. Yep. So I love your, your principles that you don't name team captains. I love that. 
Because really, you don't need a title to be a leader. Right. And there's all different types of leaders based upon how they behave, quiet, more vocal. But what would you say to the listeners today on, we're all coaches. We all need to be coached. How do you encourage people to, number one, you've impacted thousands of kids and thousands of families. I don't think everybody always sees themselves as that. And I think it's important, as I listen to you today, we need to see ourselves as that. And we need to be observant in our own circles of influence. And we need to be coached and be coaching. Mm -hmm. So speak to that. Well, I I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think a lot of the the principles that make a successful coach are the same principles that that make a successful teacher, a successful businessman, a successful parent. I mean, I think all of those all of those things are things that contribute to, you know, in, in my mind, hopefully making making the world a little better place. And and that's one thing. As I get older, I, I see in my role as athletic director. You know, I wish I had more time to coach my coaches, so to speak, because I see the impact you know that coaches have had on me, and and I observe coaches, other coaches that I coach against other coaches in our program and I see the impact that they have on kids and and it really appeals to me that as I get older you know I think about the influence well you know if I can coach this coach and then they can have that influence over those kids and then those kids can go out have an influence over those kids you know like you said the ripple effect I think that's pretty cool you know and and uh, but I, I do agree I mean I think I think the common person who's not in coaching, you know, who who just day to day does does leadership things, you know, at their job. My next door neighbor, he's not a coach, but he's impactful to kids because he has them over to his house when after games he has a what he calls a fifth quarter. He just does it, and they go over there, they eat, they have fun. And I know he was impactful in my own kids' life because he you know he sends them text messages and and just things like that. That he's he's a leader. You know, and and I think if we had, you know, more of those people around, it would just make it just makes the world a better place. So I'm a firm believer, and this is why I wanted to interview you today in coaching. I have always had a coach in my life as far back as I can remember. I'll have a coach until the day I die, in sometimes multiple facets of my life. And I look at the coaches, whether it be my therapist, whether it be my business coach, whether it be my pastor. I look at all those people, my my circle of friends. As I'm observing them and and being coached in those situations, I think we all need to take that mentality. It's mm-hmm. good for us individually and also how we impact other people. But I, I want to run this by you: What do all coaches really want to do? Otherwise, they get fired. Win. Win. Right. So I started thinking about that word "win," and I said, "Okay, I'm going to break it down." Well, the W of win means weather the storm. So one of the quotes you gave me today: the one that hangs in your garage. Yeah. Say it again. I always expect a bad throw. Always expect a bad throw. That's weather in the storm. Yep. The why. The W stands for the why. Why are we doing this? Put kids first. These are human beings, not just human doings. Mm-hmm. So the win is about growing these kids up. So weather the storm and the why. And then we. It's the whole concept you said, I don't have team captains. It's about we, not about me. So it's parking in our egos. Mm-hmm. So the I. I is about three components of great leaders. Inspire, influence, and impact. The end, never quit. Next opportunities, and what's new. So I think if you take and boil the word win down and know, understand that we're all coaches, we make our little corner of the world better. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for doing this today. You bet, absolutely. And congratulations on your success. And, and, and as you listen to some of these key concepts that Eric pulled apart for us today is how can you look at your own selves as a coach? Are you getting coached? Because we're not human doings, we're human beings. How can we be better human beings and how do we help other people become better human beings? You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com.